friends. Welcome to the Lug Life Podcast. My name is Adam. My name is Sherry. Sherry Beth, what episode is this? 113. We have been killing it. We've been doing so good. Super proud of us for not missing an episode in a little bit. Yeah. Um, actually kind of planning ahead and staying on top of it. It's nice when the podcast is not an afterthought. Well, and it's funny because we didn't actually discuss, we discussed doing this podcast, but we didn't discuss doing it tonight. Yeah. And um, you brought our dinner up. I put dinner in the oven and you went down and got it out of the oven and came upstairs and I had Godzilla versus Kong ready to go <laughs> up on the TV. And you were like, oh, I guess we're not recording a podcast. And I was like, oh, we're going to watch the movie and then we'll record a podcast. <laughs> so that was what we did. We watched Godzilla versus Kong, yes, um, which is a movie that I absolutely love. <laughs> it, it plays to my strengths. And by strengths, I mean movies I enjoy where there's a super flimsy plot line and then 40 minutes. Of just how much destruction can we do? Yeah, it's like, you know what? Let's have Godzilla and Kong fight. But then, you know what? Let's introduce a robot Godzilla. Let's a robot. Also, it's not a spoiler alert. The movie's been out forever. If you haven't seen it yet, that's on you. Um, so what did you think? Because this was not my first time seeing this movie, but it was your first time. This is honestly, so I, I was telling him before we actually watched it, I have not, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, I've never watched any of the Godzilla or Kong movies. You should be embarrassed to say that. That's <laughs> I've never seen any of them. So it was funny, like kind of at the beginning, he kept pausing the movie and like explaining the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. She was like, what is Skull Island? Why are they on Skull Island? Where are they at? And so I was like, okay, we need to explain this whole thing. We need to talk was, about this. It was great. Uh, my favorite part of the movie, though, uh-huh. was your commentary during the fighting. Um, I, I have big feelings about it. Okay? It was the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. So I'm watching the movie. I'm watching these two ginormous things beat the hell out of each other and then turn on this robot together and it was a whole thing and adam is just sitting <laughs> and saying kabam <laughs> like joinks <laughs> skadoosh just like every punch to the face is like skadoosh bam wham and then i was like oh here it comes and she's just like what the hell are you doing <laughs> it, was, it was the best part of the movie I, Everybody should watch this movie with Adam. I approach um, <laughs> Godzilla vs. Kong the way some people approach, um, like, the Frozen sing-along or the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I just assume fully, fully it's... interactive. I was going to say, I assume <laughs> it's interactive. And apparently it wasn't for oh, you, but... the best. It, it's it's such a good movie. It was great. Top 10 movie you've ever seen? Well... well. Not that great? <laughs> I'm glad we watched it, <laughs> and I'm glad we're sitting down to record this podcast because yeah. this is um, this is a little bit more of a serious or heavy topic. Yeah, it's one that we have. Gosh, we have talked about this for our entire relationship. Uh huh. Even before we were married. Even before we were married, mm-hmm. and we have had this conversation with lots and lots of people. Yep. And so I think for us, it just feels normal, not heavy. And I'm glad we're talking about this on the podcast because we've done a YouTube video about this, but we haven't talked about it here. Yeah, well, and I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. It is, it's still a heavy topic. It's still a heavy topic. But it is something that we have discussed and discussed and discussed. And so it's not um, debilitating. Maybe that's a better word. Right. It's not, it's, it's not such a heavy topic that it like pulls me down but it's still a heavy topic it's the kind of topic i feel like that you and i can sit down at any point in time and just talk honestly about though yes we've done this we've gotten good at 
having this conversation. Maybe that's what I meant. Yep. Um, even though it is still heavy. So what we're talking about today is um, specifically our feelings, our emotions around not being able to have kids. We've been married for a long time now. <laughs> 18 and almost a half years. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Happy almost a 18 and a half anniversary. <laughs> um, and that not being able to have kids is a huge thing. And it's been a huge thing for us as well. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not going to go into the whole story about why we can't have kids because we actually have a video over on our Leg Life YouTube channel titled, I think, Why We Can't Have Kids or Why We Don't Have Kids. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and so you can go over there. In fact, if you haven't watched it, I would encourage you just for a little bit of context, maybe to even pause this uh, podcast. Go check out that video. We can put the video description. We can't. We're doing podcasts oh. where it's annoying and you can't like put like easy click links. Oh, we can't do that then. You're used. You're a YouTuber. You're used <laughs> to just like click the click in the video click description the below. Sorry. We're podcasting now, Sherry. All right. All right. Um, so you're going to have to go do the hard work yourself. Go all to right. YouTube and search it up. Um, but in that video, we talk a lot about the whole story. Mm-hmm. Why we can't have kids, um, why we don't have kids, even our approach to not having kids. Yep. But Sherry, for those who might not know, let's give a 30,000 foot view (laughs) about why. All right. Well, I have a condition Mm -hmm. that is called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, EDS. Um, I have known that I've had this since I was 16. When I was 19, um, I saw a doctor who also had EDS and... um, he basically just told me that it, um, me getting pregnant would be extremely dangerous to me and the baby, um, and that we would probably, like, the, the very high likely that we would both die um, okay. from the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he strongly encouraged me to not have children biologically. So EDS, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a connective tissue disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that affects uh, more than just your skin. It's more than just skin. It's it's all of my joints, um, but it's every organ in my body, yeah, including and, my uterus. And so we knew going into marriage that um, having kids naturally was out of the question for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's questions like adoption, all that kind of stuff. And that's what we talk about over in our other, uh, in our video on YouTube. Yep. So go check that kind of stuff out. But... Here's the thing. We are, like Sherry said, almost 18 and a half years down the road into our marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And over that time, there have been a lot of thoughts and feelings and emotions around not having kids. Uh, We've had friends that have asked questions. We've had friends that have uh, sort of tiptoed around the subject, not sure what's okay to say, what's not okay to say, what's okay (laughs) to ask. Um, And so we just thought that we would have an honest conversation about um, how... Are we feeling about kind of the life situation now? And then how have we felt over the last number of years? Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I do want to say, though, from kind of the beginning of this is this is our journey. Yeah, correct. Um, <laughs> every couple who can't have kids or chooses not to have kids, uh, their journey may be different than ours. The way they feel about certain things may be different to them. Uh, What we're going to share today has been our experience, our feelings, our emotions that Mm -hmm. are unique to our situation. I would also like to say we are not doctors. No. Um, And and that the medical advice that I got 25 years ago um, may have changed now. Yeah. Um, In fact, can I I ask you a question about that? mm Mm-hmm. So we have – so even when – you and I got married. Mm-hmm. Finding a doctor who 
knew what EDS <laughs> was beyond just the name of it was very difficult. Yeah, we, we ran into a lot of doctors who had never even heard of it. Yeah. Um, we did find some doctors who had heard of it. I found one um, who was excellent real pretty early in our marriage mm-hmm. who had heard of it but didn't know a lot about of it about it. And so she, um, like the next time I went in and saw her, she was like, okay, I did all of the research. And she <laughs> like figured it out. So she, um, which I, I fully appreciated. Like she was just like, you're my patient. I'm going to, I'm going to learn everything I can about what you have. And so EDS has grown yeah. in um, awareness a ton. I mean, even celebrities like Halsey has EDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like something we're hearing more and more about uh, Violet in... Violet um, Zorangale. Yep. Violet Zorangale in... Um, in Fourth Wing. Fourth Wing and Iron <laughs> Flame has EDS. And so... Also the author who wrote it, Rebecca Yaros. And so it's becoming <laughs> more known. Yeah. And one of the things that you and I were talking about is how we don't know if... If the awareness of EDS and the knowledge of EDS today was what existed when you were 19, right? you may not have been told to not have kids. Because we know a lot of people with EDS who do have kids and who had super healthy, normal pregnancies. Right. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like, medicine has changed a lot in the last several decades. So um, it it truly might not be an issue anymore. Um, But I also – EDS is also a spectrum. And – And I I know from my current EDS doctor who specializes in EDS that um, I am fairly high on the spectrum. In fact, when Sherry got diagnosed, I was was there with her and this doctor said it was crazy. She laughed. (laughs) She laughed and she said, I've probably diagnosed 500 people with EDS in my career and you are in the top 10. She said, you're in the top 10, not percent. You're in the top 10 people of like the most hypermobile, the most like all of the things. And so... Um, I do have probably a more extreme and, version, I guess. And so my question is, was there, what were your feelings when you're told, Hey, uh, EDS shouldn't have kids. Not that you can't, mm-hmm. but like, if you have kids, the decision will probably come down to your life or the baby's life or both. Right. Um, which is a, a very hard well, decision. Or neither. <laughs> or neither. Right. Um, when you started to see people with EDS having kids and having like normal pregnancies, was there a part of you that was like, what the hell? Or like, what were your feelings around that? Um, well, so I will, I will say when I, when I first got that, um, I remember my doctor, well, you know, his office called and wanted to set up, set up an appointment and ask me to bring somebody with me. Oh. Um, which I think, you know, is never <laughs> a great it's thing not a, when your doctor is like, hey, make sure you have a support system when you come. Um, so I brought my sister with me. Um, and I, I actually don't know that I knew that. Yep. Yep. So my sister came with me and I, I, I do think that there was, um, when, when he first told me, obviously there was a lot of emotion around that. I'm really glad that my sister was there with me. Um, I think especially early on, um, when I heard of, well, honestly, for the first probably five plus years of knowing what EDS was and that that's what I had, I I was the only person I'd ever you didn't heard meet anyone of, else or even aside hear. from this one doctor when sure. I was 19. Um, so, but whenever I heard of people with EDS having kids, honestly, my first thought was, that's so dangerous. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, like, I'm really glad that it worked out, but it, it scared me, I think. Um, and, you know, maybe... It, 
I mean, obviously, you know, it worked out for them and maybe it would have been fine for me too, but I don't, I don't think that I was willing to take that risk. Is that, that fear that scared you, that was based on what your doctor had told you 19 years ago, because like you knew the risk. At 19, yeah. And so a lot of that could have changed. I mean, we, we've heard from people with EDS now who are like, my doctor said like, yeah, the risk should be higher, but go ahead. It'll be fine. Right. And so I think that that's the thing is that so much has changed over the last mm-hmm. two decades. Yep. Both in understanding of EDS, um, as well as understanding that EDS really is on a spectrum. <laughs> and depending on where you fall on that could dramatically change. So we're not saying, hey, if you have EDS, high risk. We're saying, hey, get a doctor who fully knows EDS yep. and listen to the trained professionals. Correct. Absolutely. So, always. So now the question I want to talk to you, Sharon, I'm, we're just going to jump right into like the, the heaviness of it. <laughs> um, how are you doing with this whole realization i mean it's not a new realization obviously we had it for a long time Mm -hmm. where it's like oh we're growing older and we haven't and won't be able to have kids like has it gotten easier is it is it still difficult where what's going on um so this is gonna be a long answer i think um i read years ago and i don't remember where i read it but years ago this kind of analogy of grief Um, as a ball in a box Um, when whatever event happens that causes this grief to occur um, the ball is about the same size as the box it's bouncing and it's hitting every side constantly Mm -hmm. hurting 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 Um, and the ball over time gets smaller and it never goes away but the ball gets smaller so it doesn't hit as often Mm -hmm. Um, it hits in random times you never know where it's going to hit Um, but it hits less often and less often and less often. So I really like that analogy of grief. I think, um, in general, I think that's, that's a really great analogy. Um, and I will say that's, that has been my experience with Hmm. this. When I first found out, I was devastated. Um, it was always my dream. I always wanted to be a mom. Um, and, and I think, you know, processing that took a long time. And I I think that it, it, it helped, honestly, before we even started dating, because, we, you know, we were friends for so long, yeah. um, that you, you know, you and I had had this conversation before romance was even on the table. Yeah. Just, as Just as friends, friends. That's right. it was this conversation of, I wanted to be a mom and now I can't what, yeah. you know, like not biologically at least like, you know, what is that going to do? Is anybody going to want to marry me? Like what, you know, right. what is my life going to look like? Um, which is a lot of, you know, hard questions at 19. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so honestly, I, I think that it, I think for our relationship, it helped that we had already kind of had that conversation mm-hmm. and that it wasn't like a, you know, down the road after you know we've been dating for a while i'm like hey by the way if you ever want to have kids it's not with me you know like um you know you knew before we started any kind of romantic involvement whatsoever so um i think that helped our relationship um and it i it has certainly gotten easier over time um now that i'm in my 40s um I certainly don't want to have a baby at right. 43. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that is not something that sounds even remotely interesting to me. So, um, but you know, in, in our twenties, um, it was hard and it was, it was really hard. I think, um, 
when all of our friends started having having babies. Um, I think that kind of like drove it home. Like this will this will never be my life. Yeah, because I think that. So both you and I wanted to be parents. Right. Right. It's not like, nah, we never like kids. We don't want that. So we both grew up or or had this desire to be mom and dad and to to have kids. Mm-hmm. But we both knew that that wasn't going to happen. Certainly not biologically. Know, not biologically. Right. Um, and so there, I, I love the illustration of grief because grief is associated with loss. And there is a, there is a loss in that. There's the mm-hmm. death of something. There's the death of that dream that yeah. this thing that I had wanted or, and not only, not only wanted, I remember thinking that that's what's supposed to happen in life. You know what I mean? Like there's a pattern. We, there's you, a pattern. Right. That's right. Like this, it's like it disrupts the entire thing. It's right. like this you, is you graduate high school and then you go to college and then you get married and then you buy a house and then you have a kid and then like it's a you know there's a pattern that you're supposed to follow. Yeah. And it that just threw a wrench in everything. And I think that there have been a, a lot of grief, a lot of loss around it because it, it was something we both wanted died. Yeah. The the death of that dream. And you talked about the loneliness and you and I've talked a lot about this in seasons when all of our friends are starting to have kids. Mm-hmm. It, I remember being such a weird feeling of emotion because on one hand, like we were literally praying for them to have kids. Right. Right. Like I remember friends who were struggling with infertility or friends who really wanted kids and, and it wasn't happening as easy, mm-hmm. like actually praying with them, God, let this happen. And then it happens. And so on one hand, we're celebrating that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, there is like that reminder of what you won't have. Right. But then for you, there was kind of this unique situation because it actually brought on uh, a season of loneliness. Severe loneliness for me um, it, because, you know, we we had this really tight knit group of friends and within, you know, a three to five year period, they all had kids mm-hmm. um, except for me. Right. Um, and, you know, it was... It, it kind of, you know, when you have a kid, that's your entire world. That's all you want to talk about. And I totally get it. Like, I was... It's new. It's exciting. It's, it's new. Yeah. It's a whole new season of life. It's, you know, all of these things. And I I wanted to be a part of this, you know, with my friends. I wanted to be in it with them. But at the same time, I had nothing to bring to the table. Um, I had nothing that I could add to the conversation and it was very lonely for me to the point that I kind of started to pull away from a lot of my friends because I, I just felt like I can go hang out with them, but all they're going to talk about is their kids and I sit there silent. So why am I even there? It's kind of like before you get married, uh, when all of your friends are getting married (laughs) and every time you're all together, all they want to talk about is married life and every conversation about married life is the reminder of what you don't have. What you don't have. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the kind of the hard part is you're stuck in between, again, that celebrating. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, yep. the excitement for your friends and the excitement that like we get to spoil more babies. Yeah. And that we get, you know, all of that stuff. And I loved it. But then that deep, that deep loneliness and that deep reminder of loss. And I felt like it wasn't really the same for you. I felt like you Correct. could still go hang out with our, you know, the the male part of, of our friend group. Yeah. And still have beers and, you know, do whatever. And it was fine. Like, they might bring up their kids a couple of times, but you could still talk about other things. Whereas I feel like almost, you know, for the 
female side of that, their kids were really their entire world, which makes sense. I mean, that's, totally. that's kind of what happens. But it was for me, I was sort of like, well, I don't I have a cat. Like, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say here. Yeah, so. What was different is that um, what I lost was the the regularity of the routine with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? We didn't see him as much. And of course we didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't see him as much. Uh, Life got busier. But when we were together, it largely was still normal. Just like you said, the relationship and the conversation didn't really change, at least not to the extent that yours did. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I didn't notice as much of a difference or as much loneliness in that season. But yeah, I remember that being... Uh, just really tough. But what's interesting in that is even the way a lot of those relationships have come back around. Right. Now that the kids are in school and, you know, they, they've they kind of come back into themselves a little bit, um, you know, I've been able to kind of rekindle some of those friendships, which is fantastic. It, I'm yeah. really, I'm very happy about that. But for a, for a several year period, I was very lonely. It was really tough. Um, <laughs> so... We've been asked several times. Um, here's what I'll say. Of all the videos we've posted on YouTube, um, there are a few that we've posted that have gotten um, not necessarily a huge number of responses, but a really deep level of thoughtful and and sincere responses. Yeah. And the video about us not being able to have kids is one of those. But it's also led to some very personal emails we've gotten from people. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of them... Um, ask the question somewhere along the lines of, does does it ever go away? Does it ever get easier? Does that desire to have kids stop? Like, please tell me, like, this is going to be okay. Um, does it ever stop? No. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, so, and, you know, you and I have talked about this too. I am extremely emotional, but I'm also extremely analytical. Yeah. Um, I'm very logical about things and I can bring my emotion down with logic. Um, and that is true. I, I've seen you do this. Yep. And I, I can I can logic myself out of a breakdown, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I think comes in handy. Um, and so, no, it never actually goes away. I Like I said, I think that ball gets smaller um, and it doesn't hit as often or as hard, um, but it still hits. Um, but I, I also... I mean, looking at our life, looking at the way that my EDS has progressed, um, I, I don't think that I could have handled having kids. Um, with EDS comes insomnia, comes chronic fatigue, comes, um, a lot of just pain. I'm always, I'm always in pain. It it just makes like normal life very difficult sometimes. Right. Right. And I, I can't imagine having to also take care of a small human. Yeah. Um, especially on the days where my body says, no, ma'am. Like, there are days that I try to get out of bed and I it, I can't. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and that's where I'm just like, well, I can crawl out to the living room and I can work from home today because I'm not, I cannot. Um, I, and having to take care of a kid, like, that's not an option. You don't have the option to just not. And so the analytical side of your brain right. can say, man, I, like, I miss this. I grieve the loss of this. However. Logically, I know that it would not be great. 
Now, here's the thing with logic is that logic still doesn't take that loss away. No. Now, and I think that that's the important thing to remember is that, yes, it is good to remind ourselves that uh, we can now, we couldn't, I don't think, a decade ago, but now we can look at our situation and see grace in it. Yeah. Right? We can see we can see grace in our situation where a decade ago it was still like loss and like you, we couldn't see the... The silver lining, if you will. And I hate that. I hate that term because it's like, oh, everything works out. It's like, yeah, but what if it doesn't? Like, what if it's just really shitty? (laughs) Um, Right. But I mean, it's still just a shitty situation, but I can see the good in it because um, I I truly, I mean, I would have had to rely on you a lot more than I do. I mean, I already (laughs) rely on you a lot. Um, But, you know, when when it came to up and down, you know, on a floor with, with kids or, you know, up and downstairs or whatever physical activity. Um, I think it would have been really, really hard with kids. Yeah. Especially like you said, as the EDS has progressed, Mm -hmm. um, and still continues to progress. It's degenerative. I mean, it's not going to get better. That's right. There's no, it's it's, just going to keep getting worse the older I get. Um, I want to talk a little bit about if you know somebody who can't have kids Mm-hmm. What are the things that are okay to say? What are the things that are okay to do around them? Because I remember even people being like, oh, is it okay if we invite you to like a gender reveal party or like a first birthday party? Like, what are we? Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, and so. Well, and I think that, I think that it depends. <laughs> I, like, I just love these. like, hell yeah. I think like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, it was, it was always so fun. I loved going to the gender reveal parties. I loved going to all of the first birthday parties and the second, third, you know, like all of the kid birthday parties. Um, I, I don't, I think it depends on the person. Well, that's what I was... And I think that it depends on where they're at in their grief journey. So I started my grief journey of knowing that I could not or should not have kids at 19. Yeah. So by the time, you know, 25 rolled around and our friends were starting to have kids i had had six years to process this Mm -hmm. and kind of know and get into a headspace where i knew that this was not going to be my life but i can be happy for my friends anyway um if you are in the midst of figuring this grief out maybe that's going to be too hard for you yeah and so i I have a couple thoughts on this first of all and i want to ask your opinion first do you think it's okay to be honest and ask that question just to if someone would have come to us and said, hey, um, like we know your guys' journey. Um, we know you can't have kids. We know there must be a, a ton of emotions around that. Mm-hmm. And we love you guys and we view you as an important part of our community. And we're having a gender reveal party and we wanted to know you're invited. We'd love to have you there. But we also understand that if there's emotions around this that would keep you from coming, just know that we love you. That's okay. Yeah. Yes. I think that I think that, that would that would have been perfectly fine. Um and I, yeah, I think that there's a sensitivity to it. You know, I, I don't know. But do it in a kind way. Do it in a kind way. You know, if you are, if you know people who are struggling to have kids, going through some kind of, you know. Especially loss. IVF yeah. or loss or something. Just approach them with kindness and just say, I would love for you to be there, but I understand if you can't. And I think even, even have grace in their response that if they don't show up, that may have just been a hard day and they couldn't. It's not necessarily a slight against you. That's right. It's right? not necessarily a slight against you. They understand 
uh, that maybe there's something in their trauma and their loss that they needed to not be there that day. Yep. Even for you and I, um, mm-hmm. and we hadn't talked about this going to this podcast, but it just popped in my mind. One of the days that you and I avoided church, Mother's yeah. Day. Mother's Day. Um, because, yeah, and, you know, and we went to the, one of the churches that like handed out flowers to every mother and it was always just like, I didn't get a flower. Yep. So thanks for yep. singling me out with all of my friends who are the same age who got flowers. Like, yeah. it, I hated that tradition anyway, but it just really like put a spotlight on the fact that I didn't have kids. And that's what and and I hated it. I remember when I was on staff at, at a church bringing that up and being like, Hey, like, guess what? We need to stop this because I know you think you're doing something really nice, but actually what you're doing is, is I love that you're putting a spotlight on people's loss and people's trauma and like all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so there's just lots of little things that again, when you can't have kids, um, you know, why were Adam and Sherry never at church on mother's day? So, well, well there was a story behind that. Right. Yep. Yeah. There was a story that was, there was a lot of pain behind that. There was a lot of pain behind that. Um, so yes, as far as asking about, um, invite people to Mm -hmm. birthday parties, invite people to gender reveals. If you feel it's necessary to have a conversation, do that in a graceful way, a kind way. Yeah. But for me, um, what I loved when we were invited into things is the thing Sherry and I knew we were never going to be able to throw a first birthday party, (laughs) right? right? We knew we were never going to be able to do that stuff, but our friend's invitation into going or even helping plan or even help plan. Yep. It let us be a part of it. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for our friends who just like, who always invited us into their kids. We know lives. this is hard, but we want you here and we want you to help plan it because you're important to our kids. Yeah. It's like, that, I loved that. What a gift. Yeah. Like an absolute gift because that's something that we just never would have. If people would have uh, avoided us or played, uh, approached us with kid gloves, um, we would have missed out on that. Yeah. And I think that's a part of life that we still got to celebrate. Uh, now for, for again, I, I do just want to r- remind people that every couple, every experience, every story really is unique. Yep. And so uh, I think that's the reason that conversation and questions and talking about this with people in your life is, is uh, really helpful. Because everybody's going to be in a different part and, you know, and I, like I said, you know, the, the grief box thing again, like it really might just be this day or this week that's just really hard. Yeah. And next week I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, like, that's right. Right. And so, you know, don't necessarily avoid people altogether. They might just be having a rough day or a rough hour. Yeah. Other thoughts about not having kids? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that we would have been good parents. That's actually one of the, so one of the things that I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I went through a pissed off at God phase over this. Yeah. Not just like a grief and loss. Cause I think part of grief and loss can be, can be anger. It's one of the, the things you feel in that because of that exact thing. Yeah. I'm like, are, are you kidding me? Like we would, our kid would have been to Disney so much. Our kid would have gone on Disney cruises. Our kid would have been to Paris. Our kid would have like, you know what I mean? I, I genuinely think, and not only that, I tend to think that you and I, um, we do try to create a home for ourselves and for guests who stay with us. That mm-hmm. is, that is a safe place. That yeah. is a loving place. That is a peaceful place. Yep. And the thought of a kid growing up in that environment, I'm like, damn it. I know. Like we really would have, I think, been good at that. I think 
I yeah, and and I I th- I think we went over it in the video. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years since we shot that video, but we did talk briefly, I think, in it about um, adoption. Yeah. Um, and we have had many conversations between the two of us about adoption and what that might look like. We've had conversations about foster care. Um, for us, it it really came down to um, op- the opportunity. I mean, we really it was a prayerful thing. I think for us that we we were really just like God, bring whatever kid into our life into our life that needs to be in our life. Yeah, and and here's the reality. I want to talk about this just as a quick little aside. Um, we share a lot of our life with you all on YouTube and we have for eight and a half years over a thousand I think over 1100 maybe 1200 videos <laughs> some of you have watched hundreds of hours of our life but there are stories and there are parts of our life and even especially that go into this decision mm-hmm. that have never been shared and will never be shared right and so I think it's important to remember that when you see someone's life that you watch online you are getting what they choose to share and there are some times that things just cannot be shared and so in this area of our life, there were situations that, that we just can never, we just can never share. Right. And that makes it difficult and hard. Um, and, and yeah, we do think we'd be great parents. Mm-hmm. And yes, hundred percent, we, we considered adoption, pursued that hundred percent. We prayed about foster care and all the different things, mm-hmm. but those things just never happened. They never happened. And, and I, there's some grief over that too. A hundred percent. There's for <laughs> um, sure grief over that. You know, it's about you know knowing knowing going into our marriage that we would never have kids biologically. It was kind of it was just the conversation. Well, then, what does adoption look like? What does foster care look like? What is, you know, anything bringing a kid into our life? What does that look like? And um, it we had, like I said, we we really can't get into any kind of details, yeah. but we had a few opportunities that never panned out, and so. Um, we took that as a sign that that wasn't supposed to happen. And so one of the things we talked about in the video was this question for us. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us approach the idea of legacy as, well, your legacy is, is the next generation that grows up in your home, right? Mm-hmm. My legacy is my kids. But what happens when it's not? <laughs> right. Right. What happens when those kids aren't there? And so what does legacy look like? Do you just, well, I guess I just wait till I die. And so you and I have really tried to be intentional about um, approaching legacy through um, nephews, through our niece, mm-hmm. through uh, our friends' kids, mm-hmm. that it's really important to us that every kid in our life um, understands that they are loved, that they matter, that they feel spoiled at times, that mm-hmm. we are... Uh, that they feel safe. That they feel safe. We mm-hmm. really didn't want um, our... Our not having kids to lead to a life that was just focused on us. Right. We never wanted it to just be this selfish kind of, well, I guess we're just out for ourselves then. Um, we've, we've never wanted to approach life like that. So I think we haven't. And I think that that's one of the things, even thinking about the next chapter of our life. I mean, we're, you know, well, gosh, we're approaching our mid-40s. And so we're starting to think about what does the next chapter of life look like? Mm-hmm. And that's one of them, that as we have more resources and more time or more connections, more things, it's like, what do I want to do with those? Yes, I do want more of the great things that you and I have been able to do together over the mm-hmm. last 18 and a half years. But I also want 
more for our nephews. I want more for our niece. I want more for like the kids in our life mm-hmm. to, to use what we have um, for their good, not just for our enjoyment. Right. Yeah. Yep. It is, it is a hard topic. Um, you know, I even, I had a Zoom call earlier tonight with our, our friend River and he is just like, man, he's one of my favorite people and one of my, one of my favorite joys over the last number of years and he doesn't live here. And so we've kind of watched their life from a distance mm-hmm. uh, as we've watched him and his wife uh, have kids, become parents, start their family, mm-hmm. watching him become a dad and not just like, there's a lot of shitty parents out there, <laughs> right. right? But watching him become just like a genuinely good dad that even from yep. a distance you can see just loves those boys. Yep, just stepped into that role so well. It's like to yep. me, the, the emotions that exist, even talking to him, you know, talking about building blanket forts with his, with his boys, <laughs> um, I, I am so thrilled at that. And yeah. I just rejoice and celebrate that and celebrate him and kind of the life that they're living. And then in that, there's also that damn... Yeah. Ah, blanket forts would have been dope. Right. But then going back to the analytics to be like, you know what? We may never get to do that. And there's grace in that because of health stuff. <laughs> right. Um, but also, how can we be intentional in the lives of of the kids in our life? Yep. And so I, to me, I as I've wrestled with this topic, I want both of those things to exist. I do believe that the that the fullness of life is is in feeling both the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Right. I, I don't think... I don't think you can fully experience joy unless you, unless you have fully experienced sorrow. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so to me, my ability or my inability to be a parent causes me to celebrate the really good parents that, that our friends are mm-hmm. even more. Yeah. You know, and so it's like the... Out of the loss comes a higher level of joy because I feel something so low. I also get to feel something so high. Yep. And so um, I would say that, uh, again, have conversations with with couples, you know, going through this. But for us, um, we love being invited into the birthday parties and the the gender. Well, here's what's crazy is that thinking about our life, <laughs> it started with praying for friends. Yeah. Who didn't know if they'd be able to have kids really really wanted kids and were really struggling to have kids the most insane thing is now we're seeing photos of those kids that were just prayers graduating high school i know that's what i was just gonna say is is we are now reaching the age where our friends kids are graduating high school and um now we're you know getting the graduation announcements and the you know and it's 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 a lot of fun i mean our our fridge has a whole slew of school pictures <laughs> on it it is funny the, the side of our fridge like most people be like wow are those how many all family kids it's like, do you have you, that's exactly that's what it looks like we look like a homeschool family like, like, actually those are just kids in fact i remember um i'm curious to know if you remember this this was one of our very early disney trips when a lot of our um like both nieces and nephews by blood and by choice mm-hmm. uh were still kind of in that young age we went to disney and I think that we ended up buying stuff for like 12 kids. Like we came home. I think we counted. Yeah, I think it was, it was like 12, I think at least. That at that time, like we would have considered those were like nieces and nephews to us. Yep. I mean, they call us. Oh, glad I'm glad Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so funny. It's just like we have, um, yeah, it has gone from, 
praying for their uh, existence to decorating for gender reveal parties um, to even planning like, baby showers, planning and, baby yeah, showers, and then birthday parties. And, 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 and I remember we have friends that we were the first ones to walk in their house after they got home from the hospital. <laughs> friends that we were the first ones in the hospital to get outside. Friends, of, we were the first ones aside from them to hold their baby. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, we've gotten to experience all of that stuff. Yeah. And that has meant a ton to us. Yep. In fact, I love it. Like in my time hop, I always know like birthday's coming up and I, I, I'm always so excited because I know that I'm going to see these the day they were born photos um, from the hospital that yeah. I got to that I got to take because I was there. And so I think that yeah. whether you are a couple who, um, you know, are kind of in a similar boat as us where the decision to not have kids wasn't yours, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of was made for you. Uh, maybe you're a couple who has chosen to not have kids. You know, we know a lot of couples that, mm-hmm. that had done that, that no kids by choice or whether you fall somewhere else in there. Uh, yeah, every story is unique. Um, we never would have been offended by any person who would have come to us sincerely. Right. Um, and asked about our journey, asked about our decisions. Uh, we've had that conversation with lots of people. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I think, I think the grief illustration is the perfect way to describe it, that it, it hurts less and it hurts less often, but mm-hmm. every now and then it still hits. The ball never goes away. It just gets smaller. And I don't think it ever will. I don't think I it think ever will. Grief. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think that it just applies to kids. I think it applies to any kind of grief. Yeah. Um, the loss of anything. Um, I don't know that that ever goes away. You know what I'm excited about? Um, I'm excited to look at, so, so we were given, we talked about this on YouTube, we were given a like a world mark by Wyndham timeshare uh, ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an unbelievably generous gift we were given last year. And one of our thoughts is like, first of all, we already travel a lot. I mean, goodness, you work for Princess. Like <laughs> travel in some ways is easy for us. Yeah. But looking at a resource like that and saying, how can we use that for our family? Mm-hmm. How can we use that for, you know, to, to take the, the, the niece and the nephews to Disney again? How can we use that for memories and, and how can we use that for a legacy and i think that that's a question for us again yeah. how legacy yeah what does that look like what does that look like yep. when it doesn't exist in your home yeah when you have to plan outside your home for because a legacy. it's got to be bigger than freaking missy <laughs> she's a good cat but she's not our legacy no no she's our sweet baby but she's probably not gonna <laughs> leave a legacy <laughs> to further generations <laughs> she's probably gone in weeks guys let's be Stop. let's be really honest oh she's gosh. on she's on her way out Stop. <laughs> she's never gonna die she's never gonna die nope i would bet you money on that oh, one. Oh no <laughs> um i will say one thing i'm really thankful for is that through this whole the last 18 and a half years well more than that that you and i have been talking about this right um i feel like one of the things that has made this more manageable and more uh, easy is not the right word, but you know what I mean when I say that mm-hmm. has been the fact that you and I have been able to have really honest conversations about this mm-hmm. probably hundreds of times. Hundreds. And, and yeah, we've always been able to talk about it and, and be honest about our emotions and where we're at. And even in the midst of all of those hundreds of conversations, there have been times of tears and there yep, have been times sure. of, I am so glad that we don't have kids. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, the full gamut of all of the emotions. Um, and 
And I, I love that we can be honest about that with each other. And I think that if you're a couple who's in a similar situation to us, that's one of the things that I would encourage you to do yeah. is have honest conversations. Um, be honest about your feelings and your emotions in this. Uh, you are not walking through this alone. You're walking through this with a partner. Mm-hmm. And it's important that both of you um, understand where each other are at in this. And I think it's important to know when that ball of grief hits that mm-hmm. you can go to your person and have an honest conversation. Um, and I, I just think that, man, I just think of the gift that you have been to me going through this and hopefully that I have been to you going through this. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you're somebody who's going through this, um, go to your person. And if you don't have like a person, maybe you're in a situation um, that is different than ours, develop that healthy community that you can go to and mm-hmm. show up honestly and say, man, I am like, I'm feeling a lot of loss and a lot of grief around this and just have a place that you can process this in a healthy way. Yeah. Because I do think that left undealt with, this is the kind of thing that can lead to a really bitter life, a really cynical life. Yeah. You feel you got cheated, right? I've been there. I've had that thought. It's like, absolutely. Man, like, yep. God really screwed us over. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, we must have pissed him off or he's just... Those guys got, got kids, but we could, we didn't. Here's the thing. <laughs> Think about the work that I do. Right. Think about all of the shitty parents that I see. Right. That both you and I have seen. Yeah. And we've had that conversation and be like, can you believe God chose to give them kids and not us? Right. Oh, we've had that conversation. Oh, many times. Many times. Absolutely. But I think with that... With anger and with tears and with why. 100%. <laughs> but I think that that's where having a healthy healthy place to process, yep. we get to dip into that emotion, but then we don't have to live there. Yeah. Right? We can pull ourselves back away from the the anger and the rage and the all of that stuff and mm-hmm. we can walk through it together yeah so friends uh we we i would just like to throw in there that we do still build blanket forts though well yeah so (laughs) we We just we just have them together just you and me yeah here's the problem though (laughs) when you and i build a blanket fort um you always want to watch like a rom-com in the blanket fort listen mr romancing the stone or whatever it was called you're the one who chose that movie romancing the stone is one of the greatest movies of all time so how dare you first of all how dare you you knock Godzilla vs. Kong at the start of the podcast, and then you knock Romancing the Stone? No, I'm just saying. I am saying. glad there's not a child being raised in this kind of blasphemy. <laughs> wow, Sherry. I'm just saying, you chose that movie in Jewel of the Nile or whatever it Okay, was both of those are classics. I know. I'm just saying, you chose the movie, and so I don't always just choose a rom-com. I gotta find a new podcast host. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Insult to my, to my favorite movies from my childhood. I am. This is, I mean... I mean, from day one, I've been old, and so that's true. Um, like my joints do not like just laying on the floor in a sleeping bag or whatever on blankets, and so we pull our full mattress out no. of our bedroom so this into is, the living room. This is why and build a blanket fort around it. Yeah, this is why it's like, yeah, sure, it's fun building a blanket fort with you. It's a pain in the ass. It would be one hundred percent more fun with a kid. I'm gonna be uh. really honest. You sit up in your recliner, leave the sitting on the floor to us. Oh, no. Because I basically have to make a blanket for it for you, like a Weston hotel room. Well, I mean, you're not wrong, but... You expect room service in your blanket fort. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. The look I just got was like, well, yeah, obviously. Well, and you know, we have to figure out how to light it because I, had, I need to be able to read... It's a whole thing. Uh, but we, we have... do still build blanket forts. That why... was that was my point. Is that we... <laughs> Why couldn't we have just have kids? Damn, damn it. 
you guys. Um, here's the thing. Most at the end of most podcasts, we ask you for a question. This is kind of a personal one, so I'm not going to ask a question on this yeah. one. Um, would love it if you went over to YouTube and found the Lug Life podcast. Hit subscribe over there. Mm-hmm. Click that bell notification. It lets you know when we post new podcasts. Um, I do want to say thank you so much to our patron, our patrons over on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys support the work that we do every single month. Allows us to keep this podcast going completely ad free. We don't even look for sponsors because you guys just take care of all of that. Mm-hmm. And so thank you to all of you who support us over there on Patreon. Means the world to us. Absolutely. And friends, we love you. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I hope for some of you it has been enlightening or healing or just mm-hmm. giving you a, maybe a little better glimpse into our story. Yes. So, friends, we love you. I'm going to go watch Romancing the Stone. <laughs> we'll see you on the next Leg Life podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>